Hello and welcome back to season three of the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie, bringing you another season of Friars basketball. Joe, we finally have a schedule. It has been a long time. There's been a lot of change in the world since the last time we saw the Friars play. It's been a lot of change since we last uh, figured out what games were going to be in some of these non-conference slates. We're the last team to figure out, find out the non-conference schedule, but we have some dates in front of us. And oh boy, is it exciting to finally be able to mark these on the calendar. Yeah, I mean, after a, a very lengthy waiting period, you know, it, you didn't know if it was going to be like this big monumental drop or if they were kind of just going to slip it under the tape, under the door on Twitter. But um, after months and months and months of waiting, we finally have a full schedule, a full slate of games. And, you know, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm going to start. We're going to start here with the non-conference. Uh, we already knew a lot of these, but we're going to go over it. I'll read it off for you, and then we're going to talk about what's going on. So the way it looks, the Friars are going to open the season on November 8th, Tuesday, November 8th, against Ryder University. This is actually a little bit interesting, just in the date. Uh, that is Election Day this year. Teams have kind of made a concerted effort not to play on this day. Uh, eight Big East teams are going to open on that Monday. Instead, the Friars actually were originally scheduled to play on Monday, but got shifted to Tuesday for TV reasons. So it'll be Providence against Ryder on Tuesday and Georgetown against Coppin State as the two Big East games. Uh, and then Seton Hall is the, the last team to open this year. <laughs> They're starting on Wednesday against Monmouth. So that's the way it looks. Eight Big East games on Monday that week. Friars is one of two games on that Tuesday. And the last Big East opener is on Wednesday. Friars will play at the uh, the Amp, which I'm sure we're going to have to touch on here. That's Saturday, gross. Yeah, I know. Saturday against Northeastern. We'll play the following Tuesday against Stonehill. That's your first three games before they head to Mohegan Sun for the 2022 Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off. They'll play that Saturday against the University of Miami at 4 o'clock and play either Maryland or St. Louis on Sunday. Heads up for you guys, that's a Sunday game at either 1 or 3.30. There are going to be some conflicts with the Patriots and Jets there. So get your get your dual screens ready for that Sunday. If, if you want to be watching both of those, uh, they'll host Merrimack and Columbia the following week. Uh, not the following week, they'll host Merrimack the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and then Columbia the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, which is also at the big college football Saturday. Then you get the Big East Big 12 battle, two road games here in a row. The Big East Big 12 battle at TCU November 30th. And then that Saturday, they're going to play at URI for wrapping up the non-conference at home against Manhattan College on December 7th and University of Albany on December 10th. There's the non-conference. What jumps out at you, Joe? Um, I think the TCU URI road trip is going to be uh, a telling point for this, you know, I, you know what, we'll call it what it is, this this young Friars team. Um, you've got a couple of seasoned veterans in there and a couple of transfers, but young with respect to meshing talent. I think that's the first time in the season where you're really going to have back-to-back throat punches come at you. Um 
Texas TCU is is slated to have a good squad this year, and that's a road trip to Texas. Last time Friars went there two seasons ago, they saw success, but this is a completely different team. I think Bynum is the only one that played significant minutes, and he carries over. Um, then following that, you've got URI, and we hate them. They hate us. We're going to the Ryan Center. It's a hostile environment, as small and as dinky as it is, but it's a hostile environment nonetheless. Um, Otherwise, I, I think, you know, you look at this and it looks like the typical Providence uh, non-conference schedule with a couple of Northeast schools in there. Manhattan looks like a, a bye game for sure. I don't think we've played them in any time in recent memory. Um, but yeah, I mean, a pretty straightforward non-conference. They kept us on the edge of our seats for this one. Um, yeah, I think this to me, the Friars cannot afford to lose a single home game. In the non-conference, they should have seven wins outside of the tournament at Mohegan Sun and that road stretch that you talked about. And then I think what you're hoping for at worst, a two and two record between those four other games. I'd say that's I'd say, yeah, I'd say that's a fair assumption at this point in time. Um, (laughs) Pun intended, because we have an exhibition game against Assumption University. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. We do have three exhibitions on the calendar, um, which uh, I'm assuming those are not going to be broadcast. And just you know, I'm looking at Manhattan College right now. The last time we played them was 1990. Two-point yeah. win. had a 20-point win over them in 1970 and a two-point win over them in 1959. Um, I, I want to touch on the Hall of Fame tip-off real quick, just because this is a, this is a group in a real good teams. Miami is a team that's probably going to be top 25 coming into the season. If not top 25 borderline, they're probably going to get votes. Uh, St. Louis is no slouch this year. They're well-liked, uh, as is Maryland. I mean, and that's going to be, could be a familiar foe there in Kevin Willard. TCU, uh, yeah. And TCU is another team that's probably going to be preseason top 25 or close receiving votes and would not be shocked if they're top 25 by the time that game comes around. So I think there's a lot of easy games on the schedule. I, I was breaking down, um, based on T-Rank, Bart Torvik's website, just some preseason metrics where he thinks these teams are going to be. Obviously, that's just ballpark. Maryland, St. Louis, TCU, Miami, all top 50 teams. Nobody else is in the top 100. You've got to win the other ones. But then it's, all right, you're, you're going to have some some tough games in there. <laughs> Yeah, I think what I like about this, Matt, is there's a scattering of high quality games that, you know, I don't even really know how to put this. Don't really break the bank if I had to put a synonym in there. Um, You know, you got Miami, Maryland, St. Louis, TCU, even URI, you know, that's a road rivalry game. You have five games there where if you win, it looks great. If you lose, they're, you know, respectable losses. like you said, though, you have to do what you're supposed to do against the other teams. Like you can't have a repeat of the 2019, 2020 season where you're dropping three in a row to Penn and Charleston and whatnot. Like you, if you take care of business and you clean house with the schools that you're supposed to beat, then the other four games become house money for you. Yeah. And if you if you win your home games and you win at URI, a team that is not projected to be good this year. It's not the end of the world if you drop the other three. You might not end up being ranked this year, depending on what happens. But you're going to have three other good games, either on the road or at neutral sites. There's worse games to drop out there. 
Yeah. Uh, exactly. If you win the other ones and you take care of business, you, you want to, that's what you want. And I also think you mentioned this before you touched on it. This is a young inexperienced team. And I think this will be a good Friars team, but it does not mean that they're going to play good basketball right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They played Wisconsin in the third game on the road last year and beat them. And the third game this year is a home game against Stonehill at Cooley's alma mater. And I have the first year in division one, it's a, obviously a very, very big difference in quality of opponent there. And I think that's probably a good thing. It's not an exciting non-conference schedule, especially at home. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you just need wins. You got to rack that up and you want to take the opportunities you can to better yourself. Yeah, uh, great, great point, Matt. Last year's non-conference schedule was headlined by Wisconsin, Texas Tech, the possibility of playing Virginia, um, a a scrappy Northwestern squad. You know, that last year's non-conference schedule met the level of the incoming team. And what I mean by that is, yes, that team hadn't played before, but you started five seniors, including two grad transfers, three grad transfers. So... You know, you you look at at the profile of the team going into this and you might look at this schedule and say, okay, a couple of good opponents on there, but plenty of cupcakes. And that's okay because we know how Jared Bynum plays. We know how Ed Croswell plays and we know how Alan Breed plays. And that's really it. Like, sure, you can look at highlights. You can look at what these guys did at other schools, but we're not going to know how they play together until we see them on the floor together. And that has yet to happen so far. So. For people who who might be, you know, disappointed by the level of the quality of opponents, you know, just think like this is a a Providence team that's going to need some time to mature. And that's what's going to happen in this this non-conference slate of games here. Yeah. And and I liked what you mentioned earlier about focusing on that TCU game is the real turning point, because games four and five real games, four and five for these guys together are the Miami games, the game he can sign against real teams. That's still pretty early on. Obviously, you would like the team to have gelled by them, but if they haven't, it's not the end of the world. If you drop both of those games, nobody outside of Friartown is probably even going to notice, to be honest, because they're a young team coming into this season, and those are going to be good teams you're playing. As long as you're not getting blown out, nobody's going to care. If you win at TCU, people are going to care about that. If you can get the team together by then, that is the single biggest date in the non-conference last day of November there, November 30th, Wednesday night at TCU, the second time in three years. So that that's going to be a fun one right there. Obviously, no Gava game for the Friars this year. I believe this is it for the Gava games. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by that when they released the, uh, the Gava game schedule. You know, I mean, Dave Gavitt coached at Providence and is the founder of the Big East, but I guess we don't get a game. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what goes into it, but well, the, definitely the, disappointed. The backstory to it is, uh, at least according to Kevin McNamara, is the the games that were scheduled to be played in 2020 and then were not played, were, the Gavit games were then removed from the schedule. They announced opponents and then removed it. They counted those when it came to the allotment of games for each team. So the Friars had hit their allotment of Gavit games and weren't, weren't going to be scheduled this year. And I don't think the team knew that that's how that was going to be handled. And I think that played a part in the way that this non-conference schedule played itself out and finding opponents and all that. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. And I, I believe this is the last year of the games. We'll see if they renew it. Big East Big 12 battle has been extended for two more years, so we will continue to see that. Um, but, yeah, 
Um, one, one last note here on the non-conference. I don't see Kansas coming to the former dunk incoming Amica Mutual, whatever. I don't see Kansas coming. So I guess, you know, they didn't accept our offer for a bye game, but I don't see <laughs> Bob, I don't see them on the uh, on the itinerary here. Yeah, and I, I, I asked the school about what goes into the scheduling. So the Friars playing TCU for the second time in three years here, and I think uh, when you looked at the way the games were distributed, when teams were needing home games or whatever, the two opponents that stood out to me were Iowa State and Kansas teams that Providence had yet to play in this agreement and that were due home games and the Friars were due a road game. And uh, Iowa State is a program which is always good. That would be a pretty level game, I think. Uh, their coach also comes from the Greg McDermott tree, just like the South Dakota State coach that we played in the tournament. And obviously Kansas, you just played him in the Sweet 16. That could be a great game. But the team does not get to decide what happens. It's all be, it's all the conference for scheduling this stuff. So I can't tell you why they opted for TCU again. It's weird, but at the same time, it's a quality opponent, an opportunity for a big road win. So I'm not going to... It's frustrating to play the same team again, but I'm not going to poo-poo the opportunity for a big word win. No, I, yeah, I think you said it best. That's fine. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this conference schedule here. Starting early, um, actually, the very first conference game this year that happens, I believe is going to be earlier than ever before. It's DePaul at St. John's on December 7th, a full like 10 day, nine days before the next Big East game. So real interesting schedule stuff there. DePaul's got uh, a couple couple of real interesting schedule things here, uh, which we can touch on later. But for the Friars, they are going to open at Seton Hall on December 17th. Uh, their first home game in the Big East is going to be against Marquette on the 20th. Some other notable dates. They'll play on New Year's Day at DePaul. That's going to be another football conflict for all of you. That's a 2.30 game that's going to conflict with the Pats and the Giants at 1 and the start of the Jets game at 4. Get your monitors ready. Again, you're going to want that. Uh, first home game against UConn with fans since they rejoined the Big East. January 4th, a Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mark that one on your calendars. I'm calling out of work that day. <laughs> you might need and to call out of work day. the next day, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play at Creighton January fourteenth. Uh, they'll play at Villanova January 29th. That is NFL Conference Championship Sunday or road trip there at Villanova and then at Xavier the following Wednesday. They'll play at St. John's on February eleventh at Madison Square Garden. And then they will host Creighton on Tuesday. That is Valentine's Day and host Villanova on the following Saturday. And then they're going to play at UConn February 22nd. And the schedule is going to wrap up the last three games, February 26th, a Sunday at Georgetown. And that is their senior day. Uh, March 1st, a Wednesday against Xavier. And then March 1st, a Saturday against Seton Hall. Conference schedule bookended by Seton Hall games. Um, and that uh, that last one, the Friars are back playing on the, the last day of the regular season. They didn't get that opportunity last year. They will this year. Georgetown is going to be the odd team out. Uh, kind of bounced around the schedule there. Gave you the highlights. But, Joe, what, what are the notes that stick out to you from this 20-game slate? So just looking at it at first glance, um, I am excited that we get to play UConn at home with fans this year. Um, I, you know, Danny Hurley can – 
address the media however he likes with regards to Providence curving them last year. But be careful what you wish for, pal, because I can guarantee you that everyone in that building hates you and does not want to see you there. I think that game is going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're bookended by Seton Hall, which I thought was interesting. Um, And just as I scroll here, it looks like there's going to be two tough road stretches at Creighton, at Marquette, the 14th and 18th of January, and then at Villanova, at Xavier, the 29th of January and the 1st of February. I think those are two really important road stretches. You'd like to go two and two across both of them um, and split them, but you never know. Then looking at the final one, two, three, four, five, six games, Five out of those six are projected top six teams in the conference. So buckle up. That's going to be, you know, a full steam ahead ending at the end of the game, at the end of the season, excuse me. Yeah, and, and the stretch that really stands out to me starts on January 29th at Villanova when you get into the back half of this conference schedule. They have a stretch, like you said, at Villanova, at Xavier in a week. Uh, then you get Georgetown at home. Then you have to go to St. John's and play at the Garden. You get Creighton, you get Villanova again, you travel to UConn, and then you got to go play at Georgetown on their senior day. Especially if you, you condense, condense that down, kind of bookend to the at Villanova at UConn games, January 29th to February 22nd. That right there is probably going to be the most important stretch of the season. And you know what's interesting about this stretch too, Matt? If we're using the January 29th game as like that middle marker, at that point in time, you'll have already played Butler, DePaul, and Marquette twice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, It's a schedule uh, that's certainly backloaded when it comes to kind of the strength of the schedule. And you look at this, the first, first 10 games that this team is going to play in conference play, they may come out of that with only one or two losses. You have your home home games against Marquette, UConn, St. John's, DePaul Butler. You'd like, you'd like to defend your own building. And a road game at Seton Hall, which should be very winnable. A road game at Butler, a road game at DePaul, a road game at Marquette. The, real, the game that sticks out to you with that first 10 is the game at Creighton. That's going to be a tough one. You yeah. assume you drop that one and maybe drop one or two other ones, this team could start off the East play nine and one, eight and two, and then you got to run the gauntlet down the back stretch. Yeah, this is this is definitely a back heavy. I like the way you said that, you know, schedule, um, especially too. I think a, a lot of people in the media right now are sleeping on Xavier. Um, listen, I you, you know, my opinion on Xavier. But when you look at what they return, uh, you know, they bring in new coaching. I think Xavier is a sneaky top three team in the conference. And I don't want to get too into the weeds with that conversation right now. But you got to play them twice in the back half of the schedule. You got to play Villanova twice in the back half of the schedule. You got to play Creighton. You got to play Connecticut. And then you end Big East Conference play with Seton Hall. So that gives uh, Shaheen Holloway the entirety of conference play to mature and develop his team. And we know what Shaheen Holloway can do. It, mm-hmm. We saw him take St. Peter's damn well through the NCAA tournament when no one thought they were going to beat any of those teams. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you get Xavier, too, at the end of the schedule there. This isn't tra- – the. This isn't your Travis Steele's Xavier team. You can't count on them just kind of falling apart down the stretch. They got him in the second to last home game on, a, I think, a Tuesday or Wednesday night back in 2020. We're able to get a clutch win. 
Uh, they got him in their second to last home game last year. And obviously we all know what happened in that game. Just a crazy ending. Uh, and the Friars got them in their second to last home game in 2021 and were able to beat them. So they've kind of contributed to this end of season slide for Xavier for the last three seasons. You got a chance to do it again. You got to think that's going to be a very motivated Xavier team coming in, very talented, veteran leadership, good coach. I mean, that's, that's a date you got to, you really got to mark on your calendar too. These, a couple of those games, the Friars and the Musketeers have played recently late in the year have been real, uh, real good ones. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Especially too, Matt, there's a narrative with Xavier now that is really tied to Travis Steele. So you don't want to tattoo it to the, the name of the school too, but past couple of seasons, they, they, it's a burning dumpster fire. Once you hit late February and March and they fall short of the tournament, you have to think that with a new coaching staff, with the same guys coming back with the exception of a few, like, they have a fire in them that they want to reverse the script. Yep. And you look at, I mean, Zach Fremantle is going to be a leader for them this year. One of their veterans. <laughs> he was there in 2020 when the one Pipkins buried them at the end of that game as they lost three in a row to fall out of the tournament. And he was there for both games last year where the Friars were able to get some buzzer beaters or some late, um, late magic from Jared Bynum to win both of those games. Um, so, yeah, that's that I think is going to be a good one. Last year was also the first time that the Friars have ever swept Xavier. Getting two yeah. wins against them is very difficult. That has been a very kind of a very balanced rivalry. A lot of splits between the two teams. Um, uh, another note here, something you'd picked up on. I think the Friars are getting a little bit more respect in the media after yeah. winning the Big East last year. Lots of primetime games for them. Yeah, I, I mean... I think, Matt, you teed it up perfectly. Providence is now on their way to becoming one of those big-name college basketball programs. You saw the success we had in the transfer portal in the offseason. Obviously, we're coming off of a season with a Big East regular season title, a Sweet 16 appearance where you lost to eventual national champion Kansas by a, my count, five points. Um that's pretty good. Villanova lost by double figures, but who cares? Um, and, you know, you have the reigning Naismith coach of the year and Ed Cooley coaching your squad. Not to mention Jared Bynum was an all biggie selection last year. There, there's there's some some oomph around the Friars this year. We have how many is it, Matt? Four nationally broadcasted games on Fox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the. <laughs> this is a joke for anyone who knows me as a fan, but the number of CBS Sports Network games has thankfully gone down. So, you know, no more lapis yapping your ears <laughs> off on the broadcast. Yeah, the, we got four games on Fox, including the, the Friars Big East opener at Seton Hall. They're going to have an option for a fifth one. That last game against Seton Hall could get flexed into the national game. They don't decide times or TV assignments until uh, the lead up. To that last Saturday. Also in the national spotlight, the game at St. John's at Madison Square Garden, which St. John's is playing quite a few games at the Garden this year. I think they have, they have us, they have Villanova, they have Georgetown, uh, I think they have UConn again. So we have a lot of big games there this year. Game at home against Villanova. That was a CVS sports game last year. Fox said, nah, we're taking that one. <laughs> That's a 4 30 Saturday game 
they wanted that one. That's going to be a great one. And the game at Georgetown is also going to get the national spotlight as well. So good stuff there. It's it's nice to see. Um, it's nice to see that all come together. I do want to ask you here, Joe. So we, we start to wrap this up. You had to pick a three-game uh, stretch in this schedule that you think is going to be the most important that's going to define this team. What are you looking at? Ooh, this is a layup, Matt. Um, I know exactly you're going to probably emphasize my answer, but we talked about the, the schedule being heavy in the back half. The three-game stretch that really screams, you know, this is where it happens is Tuesday, February 14th against Creighton at home, Saturday, February 18th against Villanova at home, and then Wednesday, February 22nd at Connecticut. That is, that is as tough of a three-game stretch as you can get, um, given what we know now about all of these teams and how they're projected in the conference. I mean, we don't have any you know preseason standings or coaches' polls or anything, but what we know historically about those three teams, their coaching staffs, their players, how they typically play in February, that that three-game stretch is a doozy, and you really you know you hope to go two and one across it. Yeah, and that's one of those. I think the goal in Big East play is to start by defending your own building. If you're a tournament team, uh, going 10-0 and in your own building is always hard to do. Get eight wins, get nine wins. And that means when the big boys come to town, you got to show up in those games. So between the games against Creighton and Villanova, you'd like to see them win both of those at home. Uh, you have to win one of them. If this team's going to be a tournament team, you got to win one of those two. I'm assuming the game against Creighton, it's going to be the pink out on Valentine's Day. The team, team likes to play then. Show a little extra love to the opponents. And we're not even going to need to hype up that game against Villanova. We all know what that means. At UConn, the following Wednesday, too. I mean, that, this is where it's tough because you just played two emotional, emotional games. And now you got to go on the road for a game that's also going to be in an intense environment. That'll really test the will of this team especially some of the younger guys. That'll be an intense environment for them. Um, and it's all, I mean, it all starts, it's crazy you're leaving out in that, a game at Madison Square Garden at St. John's, yeah. February 11th. That, that's what's kicking that all off, too. Hopefully, the, the really? Flyers are playing one month to the day from then in the championship game on March 11th at Madison Square Garden, and that can give them a nice little preview of it. Really, Matt, you know, if we were to expand this, that's the toughest stretch of games Period. It starts at Madison Square Garden against St. John's. You host Creighton. You host Villanova. You take a visit to Connecticut. Then you stay on the road and you go to Georgetown. Then you come back home and you host Xavier and you host Seton Hall. With the exception of Georgetown, those are our upper tier Big East teams there. I mean, St. John's will be a toss up. But the other the other handful, I mean, woof. Yeah. Um, and. At Saint, I mean, I the last time this team played in that building, too, at MSG, things did not go well. So getting a chance to get in there and reset before uh, the Big East tournament, I think it's probably a good thing, too. And, yeah, that was a great day. And you're going to have some, I mean, like we said, new players. Yeah, Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter and Clifton Moore, guys who've played under the bright lights. But I don't think any of them have played under the brightest lights at Madison Square Garden before. So anytime you can kind of acclimate to that beforehand is really, really nice. And also getting out of Carneseca where the fires have 
liked to turn the ball over and play some really hard, heart-wrenching games over the last couple of years. Games coming down to the wire. It's a more open environment in MSG, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can breathe in Madison Square Garden. There's fresh air. There's you know there's more than three feet between the sidelines and the stands. It's a it's a very up to date facility for sure. Yeah, so that'll be nice right there. Um, this is going to be a fun season. Lots of good dates on here. Play another. Go ahead. Another quick side note: We're also playing at the Wells Fargo Center this year. So you talk mm-hmm. about. The, the smaller, tighter on-campus arenas. Typically, you know, you get that with Villanova and you get it with St. John's with the Finneran Pavilion and Carneseca Arena. We've been upgraded to the big boy arenas for both of them now. So even okay. intra-conference, we're seeing a little bit more respect put on the Friars. And that the last time they played at Villanova uh, at, at the Wells Fargo Center, I believe, was Leap Day 2020. But they're playing it January was. 29th this time. Yeah, that was a big yeah. win there. Uh, that was uh, Woo Pipkins. It was. And, I mean, here's the thing. We talked about the national games. This game isn't a national game, but in some ways it is. It's on Fox Sports 1, but this is NFL Conference Championship Sunday. Fox is going to have a game that day. Uh, you know that the Friars are not going to get put up against the NFL coverage, so you know that that's going to end up as an, uh, probably a noon or a 1 o'clock tip. But it's going to get billing in all of this. They're going to want people tuning into the Fox network. So not a national game, but still – close to it when you start getting put on some of those Sundays as you get into January and February, it's clear that the Friars have ascended in the way that they are seen in the conference. And they're getting a little bit more hype here, a little bit more respect. Uh, and the other thing you'd mentioned, the CBS sports games, only three of them this year, there were four last year. Both of the Marquette games are going to be on CBS sports and the game at home against Georgetown will be everything else is going to be Fox or Fox sports one. That's how it's listed right now. Um, there, we're going to have a couple games on Fox Sports 2 in the non-conference and some games on ESPN. The the URI game will be on ESPN. The Mohegan Sun games will be on ESPN. And it is not listed on the schedule yet, but I believe the game at TCU is also going to be on ESPN. Uh, it was two years ago. I believe ESPN usually carries those. So that'll, that'll be the way it looks for your networks and Biggie's tournament. March 8th through March 11th. Hopefully the Friars are not playing on the 8th. Hopefully they can finish in the top five and avoid a bye. But that's how the schedule is looking for next year. It's crazy, Matt. One second, um, you know, in a hotel room in Chicago recording after the Friars lost to Kansas. The next, I'm back in New York and we're looking at the next season. Time is the weirdest of social constructs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is. We're less than a month away from seeing this Friars team for the first time in some capacity. October 1st, I believe, is Late Night Madness. There's going to be a concert and some fun stuff. Uh, the real first time this team will be seen is October 15th for a team scrimmage at the Amp, which I haven't mentioned it. It's no longer the Dunk. Dunkin' Donuts, uh, I guess, didn't want to keep that sponsorship going. The arena is now Amica Mutual Pavilion Providence uh, it's just called the amp um, in all of the media stuff Providence has put out so far. We're calling it the amp. I'll get used to it. I don't like it. I'll get used to it. If you want to hear something depressing, Matt. Um, so 
backstory, I work for a sports marketing company and one of the VPs at my company, um, one of the accounts that he calls on is Duncan. And when he heard the news, he also calls on Amika. He's based in New England. When he heard the news about the naming rights of the Providence Civic Center going up, he reached out to Duncan and they told him that they didn't even make a counter offer that once Amika offered. So the Dunkin' Donuts had zero intent to renew the naming rights of the dunk, which is just heart shattering. Yeah, really annoying. It's going to be three generations of Friar fans now. You're going to have the people that call it the Civic Center still, the people that call it the dunk, and the people that call it the amp. But it will be the amp this year. Uh, We'll see what they actually end up doing. I don't know. I like the amp more than Amika Mutual Pavilion, that's for sure. And I don't like sharing an arena name with what they've got down in Villanova either. But it is what it is. They got the Finneran Pavilion. We got the Mika Mutual Pavilion. That's how it goes. Two other exhibitions. They're going to play American International College in an exhibition on October 20th. And Assumption University is the last scrimmage on October 29th. For the season starts on November 8th. There's not going to really tell much from those games, but... That's the next time you're going to see the Friars hit the court before they do it for real on Election Day. We're almost there, Joe. Yeah, we're, we're inching closer. Football oh, who? Yeah, we are under two months away. Can you believe it? Getting there. No. Inching ever closer. All right. That is going to do it for us. That's what the schedule looks like for this year. All the games set, um, much to the chagrin of others, um, they, uh, we did actually get a full 20-game schedule, not not 17. Didn't get some games cut out this year like some people thought we might. Um, <laughs> which I, I don't know if you guys saw the, the full 40 Villanova podcast. Uh, they're, they're good guys over there. They made a little tongue-in-cheek comment about asking if Providence was going to get the full 20 games this year or 17 games. I thought it was kind of funny. That was a, a little bit clever. I had, I had forgotten about that whole debacle until that. They're, Villanova fans are familiar with not playing a full schedule, considering they, they did not play five games the season before. But yeah. you know what? I was hoping that they were going to let us just play 20 games at home. Um, I guess the Big East didn't like that. But well, it is actually, I thought that once they renamed the the dunk, that all home games were going to move on to campus and <laughs> we weren't even going to play road games. Just every every game was going to be at yeah. Alumni Hall on campus. There's that there's that brief moment there where uh, it looked like we might be playing Northeastern and Merrimack on the same day in a doubleheader, a little multi-team I event did. hosted <laughs> in Rhode that. Island. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it always amuses me. I mean, college football games are scheduled out decades in advance. And here we are finding out who the Friars are playing less than two months before the season starts. It's uh Two, the two biggest sports played in college with two very different scheduling standards. Uh, it always makes me laugh. It amuses me. But that's oh, going to yeah. do it for us. Yeah. That's Joe Howie. I'm Matt St. Jean. This is season three of The Flex. Make sure you're following us as we ramp up to the season, like we said, less than two months away. You're going to want to stick with us for all of it. Follow us on Twitter at The Flex Hoops. Make sure you're subscribed to follow along with the action. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.